Welcome to episode number 116 of Paper Talk, a series of podcast interviews featuring artists and professionals who are working in the fields of hand paper making and paper art. I'm Helen Hebert, and I run Helen Hebert Studio, a hand paper making studio in Colorado's Rocky Mountains, where I create artist books and installations. I also host the annual Redcliffe Paper Retreat and Paper Making Master Classes here in the studio and I run a membership program called The Paper Year and teach online classes about paper, light, and books, too. Find out more at HelenHebertStudio.com. You can also find the show notes for this episode at HelenHebertStudio.com slash podcast. Today, I'm talking with Ilza Delane, a papermaker and artist in Riga, Latvia, who runs a papermaking studio out of the Pardogova, music, and art school, where she teaches children, teachers, and adults about the art and craft of handmade paper. Delane also runs an annual papermaking symposium in Rita, Latvia, and has an expertise in paper clay. She completed a master's program in ceramics through the Latvian Academy of Art in 2021, which included research in Italy, Finland, and Estonia. Enjoy our conversation. Well, Ilza Delane, welcome to Paper Talk. I know I didn't say that quite right, but apologies. Um, please uh, tell me where where you live and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, I live in Latvia, Riga, and uh, I'm paper maker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and Riga mm-hmm. is the capital of Latvia. And just yes. uh, talk a little bit about the region that you live in. So you're on the Baltic Sea with uh, all of these other countries surrounding the Baltic Sea. Where where are you near? Um, yes, Latvia is in the middle of Baltic countries uh, between Lithuania and Estonia. And um, over the sea, the closest country is Sweden. Okay. And uh, yeah, and actually we are quite uh, close to Ukraine as well. So. Right, right. And of course, we're feeling for everybody in Ukraine. And are do you have a lot of refugees coming to Latvia? Uh, yeah, we have some, I don't know quite exactly how oh. many, but... Uh, but then I know, especially when I was in Estonia, then I knew more about because I was living in uh, uh, Eston- no, uh, Ukrainian culture, cultural center in uh, Estonia. So, ah, okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, tell me how you you got to paper making and maybe start a little bit with your upbringing and were you did you uh do creative things as a child yes when i was a child i I like to do things by my hands and um, my mother had a friend and uh, her family were artists and uh, they suggested that i could try to apply for a school of applied Applied art, uh-huh. yeah, 
So, and that was in 1985. So, I started to study fashion design there. So, but uh, before that, I kind of learned privately painting and and uh, fashion design composition and things like that. So, well, that was my introduction to art uh, from childhood. Okay, and was that, the fashion design, was that um, part of high school or college? Um, it was like a part of high school. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, and then what happened next? Uh, next, uh, when I finished that school, then I then I worked for a um, fashion house one year, and then it was at that point a little bit too much fashion design in my life, and then I changed job and went to work at um, uh, theater. I was there uh, um, uh, stage designer and uh, oh. yeah. And then I wanted to apply to study painting in art academy, but that took me like three years to get in because it was very high, high concurrence at that time. So um, yeah, that took me some time to get to art academy. And then I studied painting at the Art Academy. Uh-huh. And actually, in the same time, I went when I was finally accepted, and I had an opportunity to go to Denmark first time. I, I lived there one year and um, learned Danish language ah. and a little bit art. And yeah, but that was, and then I continued to study painting and, and finished. Uh, Art Academy in um, 2001. Okay. Yes. And after that, actually I had all the connections with Denmark and I went uh, one more time in 2005 with um, Mobility Scholarship. Uh, and there was a... Um, there I first time learned to make paper with Ingvar Riber. Um, there was a um, Hall of God uh, art center and and he was teaching paper making there. So that was my kind of first uh, introduction oh, okay. into so, paper making. Uh-huh. What was his name again? Ingvar Riber. He's actually a printmaker and, and uh, he's not doing paper making all the time, only for mm-hmm. some projects and things. Okay, so that was the first time you learned about paper making. Yes. Okay, and then um, how long did you stay there? Um, or that was just a visit that time. No, that was just a visit. Okay, but uh, I was one one year before. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, yes, and then. Uh, yeah, then came, then my husband uh, had to study PhD in Texas and then we went all with uh, my children and we all went in 2006 to Texas and San Antonio and there I, I kind of, um, not in the first years, we were there for four years, but in 2008 I found 
found out about uh, Southwest School of Art and uh, and then I learned paper making there with Beck Whitehead. So, but uh, actually about this studio, I found out in um, Creative Capital workshop. Right, was actually, Creative yeah, Capital, so uh-huh. Yes, and there I met many different artists from San Antonio and one of them was from Paper Studio and she told me about paper papers like South School of Art and Paper Studio and that uh, I could get even a scholarship to try out paper making there and that was how I, I started. Ah, uh, okay. So that was, <clears throat> did you mention to her that you had an interest in paper or was that just kind of in the no, past, I, I, you... no, no. I I told that I actually when she told me about this paper studio, I said I I was very interested to try yeah. to do paper making because I did it in Denmark only once and I never thought if I could do it again. Mm -hmm. So that that sounded very very interesting for me, and um, then I I was able to take two classes sculpture. Mm -hmm sculpture paper and, and uh, sculpture books in paper studio and then I continued to just to do like uh, I rented studio or, and did some studio work and things like that and I was able to learn the basics of paper making right uh, right and Beck Whitehead had an amazing studio there Yes. Uh, so that was a really fortunate situation. Um, what was the connection between it was your husband was at the University of Texas at San Antonio? Is that right? Yes. Yes. UTSA. And was it for a special subject or what took him to Texas? Um, it was for PhD for uh, language. Uh, how to teach second language. Ah, okay. I okay. don't remember all the long yeah. name of the right. program. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. So you were in San Antonio for four years. You, yes. How, how old were your children then? Um, my youngest daughter, was. she was two and a half years old when we came there. And, uh, and uh, oh. oldest daughter, she was nine years old. So, okay. So you had a lot to juggle. Uh, yes, the first year, that was the reason I couldn't do anything because uh, I had to be at home with my youngest daughter. But um, when she was four, then she was able to start preschool and then, then I had a little bit more time to to do paper making and... Uh, Right. Yes. And what about what about learning English? Did you already know English or uh, was yeah, that, that difficult? Actually, since I I was uh, I had learned German at school and then I learned Danish when I was in Denmark for two right. times, one year and, and I didn't know English and I started to learn English just uh, in a summer before we went to Texas. Oh, wow. And, uh, Yes, but somehow it, it, it for me it works always better when I go somewhere than I learn the language. That's <laughs> right. You have to speak it. Yes. Yes. Oh, so you speak four languages, or is there more? <laughs> um, 
I, I forgot German because I, I have not used it for for many uh -huh. years. Uh -huh. it's, um, and 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 it's similar with with Danish because if I go to Denmark and I am there a week, then it comes back. But otherwise, it's difficult <laughs> to yeah, speak. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's sleeping in your brain. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so um, now you're very active in papermaking now, and so you you went back to Latvia in uh, what 2010 or something. 2000. Yes, yes, I, I we came back to Latvia in 2010, and then um, I started to research about possibilities because I knew that there is no other paper studio in Latvia or even in. I didn't know anything that there would be something in Estonia or in Lithuania. But later I found out that uh, uh, in the same time there were some other people starting to do some paper making, even here in Latvia. Ah, okay. So uh, I found out about some others, but uh, uh, Right now they are not doing any paper making anymore, so it just it was. Uh, but at that time they were like they were they were trying to do some business with handmade paper, but uh, that was difficult. But uh, yeah, actually there were some young people making paper from straw and grass, so basically very interesting things and. Um, Oh, right. Large sheets and yeah, and trying to sell it and uh -huh. it didn't work really out. Um, right, yeah. it's really hard to develop a paper making business. Um, so, I think you heard about some equipment in Sweden. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I actually. That was Nicole's Donnelly uh, project that she she made. That's how I found out about Sweden. That she she made the map. No, not exactly the map, but list of paper studios. I think a map too. Uh, oh and right. I was, yes. Okay. And I so was, you let me just back up a minute. Yeah. So you were you knew about hand paper making magazine. Yes. And um, Nicole Donnelly, who now is the director at the Morgan Conservatory, but she was at the University of Iowa, I believe, and she yes. put together this map of papermaking studios. And so you yes. you looked at that, you know, what what a valuable resource, right? And you yes, really. saw okay, so now tell me. Yeah. Yes, no, actually, I, I started to study this map already in San Antonio because okay. Beck had had uh, those uh, hand paper making magazines, and uh, right. she brought usually to studio, so I could mm -hmm. research there something, and uh, and uh, yes, and and the closest studio that I found that was in Sweden and Finland, but. Uh, I didn't get any answer from Finland, but I got answer from Sweden, mm -hmm. and uh, I found out uh, that uh, Lars Kronqvist, who was the owner of the studio, that he he's sick and his family wants to sell the studio, okay. and uh, 
and 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 his wife was very easy to co communicate with so so we actually became friends and uh, and um yeah so i visited studio i tried out beater and uh, and uh, then we decided that uh, that uh, somehow i need to find out how how i can get this this paper making studio to latvia and um i found a school like art school uh, for children and and they were interested and basically they almost uh, uh, it was like a gift uh, it it was very symbolical price for all the, all the studio it was like thousand uh, lots a little bit more than thousand euros for wow for everything. yeah right, right. so this was and other things yes right so this was Kronquist studio in Sweden and just um what did uh he do? Did he make he, art or sheets or he he made the sheets and experimented with different pulps and uh, and exactly at that time when he became sick he experimented with hemp. Okay. But um uh yes uh, but he was like I have the impression that all men in Sweden they are engineers. Uh -huh. <laughs> he actually was was engineer in during his uh, working time, and then he retired, and then he started to make paper. But he's more. I think he was more interested in uh, equipment. He tried mm -hmm. to make some equipment as well. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, no, yeah, he was okay. not really artist, but he did some experiments and tried right. to make some. Uh, right now, I saw a picture of the equipment. Is uh, was it a Peter Beater that you have? Yes, yes, okay. it was from Peter, Peter Gentenar yes. in the Netherlands. Okay, so you got all of this equipment, and you you knew you needed a space for it, so you you got tell me the name of the school it's still at the school right yes and this was maybe the school it is uh, uh Padagovas music and art school so okay i actually started to work there uh-huh in the same time when the, <laughs> um, a little bit before the paper studio uh, arrived from sweden to to the school Okay, and so what kinds of things are you doing with paper there? Right now, I kind of, it, it is changing kind of all the time. In the beginning, it was, uh, uh, basically, we are making some some sheets of paper, then doing some surface design and different with uh, uh, threads and things and uh, colored pulp but right now we are doing palm painting as well and uh, sheets some experiments with abaca and um, one of the assignments is uh, this japanese uh, book that we make some sample sheets and, mm. and sew them in a book mm -hmm. and um but yeah and what what so is the structure of the program so are you i think you do do you do some things with children and other things with adults? 
Yes, yes. No, I have different program for adults. I have like um, uh, we have we need like for teachers like education that they can uh, get some credit uh -huh. or what to say. I don't know exactly, but they need uh, some hours uh, that they learn something uh, uh, professional development professional yeah. de development yes mm -hmm. and um, that that's like one day or two day classes i have uh, one is like basic paper making and pulp painting and mm -hmm. uh, uh, one and the other class is uh, like uh, with abaca we work with like lamp making and, and experiments with abaca and then and I have the third class, which is like we will make. I haven't done it yet, but the idea is to make uh, watercolor paper and then do some experiments with with watercolors. Uh -huh, so, uh -huh. And we yeah. should mention that you, the reason I met you was that you reached out to me. It was right after I moved to Colorado, 2012, 2013. Yes. And you, I think, were you going back to San Antonio? And then you came here? I can't remember exactly, but you spent... No, no, at that, yes, at that time I went, uh, yeah, I, I went directly uh, to visit you. And then I, I had a friend in Wyoming. Okay. So I went there. Okay. And how long were you here? Two or three weeks, right? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we got to know each other, and uh, you helped me with some events and came to my studio. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yes. Okay, so you have, so you work at the school, and you, um, you do programs with children and adults, and you do more than just paper making, is that right? Yes, at school I, I I teach some other things like, uh, but um, no, yeah, it depends. Not uh -huh. always the same, but basically, right now uh, this year I will be teaching paper works like uh, different works projects with paper, and then paper making and projects okay. with handmade paper. Right. And does any of this, any of the teachers that come, do they continue paper making and bring it into their schools or yeah. it's spreading? Is it spreading a little bit further? Yes. Yes. It, it is spreading. And uh, uh, I even, yeah, I, I know that in, in us, uh, there is one more paper studio. I, I gave consultation like about the equipment and they bought uh, Peter Beater, a new one from Peter Gentner. Oh. That's in South, in another uh, town, oh. like 150 kilometers or something from Riga. Okay. Uh, nice little town. So so they are doing some paper making there, but, uh, but there is not actually there was a situation that there was new built school and they they got some extra money and they wanted to buy this equipment but there is no one really um, who teaches paper making all the time so um, right it's not used like like all the time i mean like regularly 
Right. Well, that's, yeah, that, I think that can be typical around the world. Yes. It just varies. Hey listeners, let's take a little break here. And I want to make sure that you know about my how-to books about paper making and paper crafts. My latest book is called The Art of Papercraft, and it offers a rich variety of projects that will delight crafters, artists, and designers alike, including paper votive lights, pop-up cards, folded paper gift boxes and envelopes, woven paper wall hangings, miniature one-sheet books, and much more. I also have two popular books about papermaking, Papermaking with Garden Plants and Common Weeds, and The Papermaker's Companion. All three books are available on Kindle. Now back to our conversation. You're pretty active with the International Association of Papermakers and Paper Artists. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing with them. And I think, do you have an annual event? Yes. Um, we have conference and, and that is going to be this year in Dresden. So I, I will be going to Dresden with a presentation about uh, um, paper, like paper clay and uh, yeah. All right, so you have to is, tell me about that. Um, okay, so the International Association meets in a different country every two years, I think? Every two years, yes. Yeah. And this year it's in Dresden, Germany, and you're going to present. Um, but I thought you had some kind of event at the school that is more international. Am I mistaken? Um, I am organizing a... a Paper making symposium, and that that okay. is uh, connected uh, with Yakma as well, because uh, I was encouraged by Nicole Donnelly and uh, some support from Yakma okay. uh, to organize some local events, and uh, that was in um, in 2019, first okay. time. So basically, this year it was the fourth time that we had this paper making symposium and, oh, okay um, so it is an annual event no it, yeah. it's almost every year, every year but but it, well covid yeah yes there was covid and then the, there was my internship and my studies in between because recently i i finished my ceramic studies and when that was connected with paper making as well but uh, okay. because of paper play <laughs> yeah right well tell me a little bit more about this symposium like how long is it and who comes to it and who yeah no yeah this this usually is one week event in a in a in a rite in a, near Nerata. that's like Latvia actually is a small country, but that's uh, close to Lithuanian border. Okay. It's like uh, 120 kilometers from Riga or something. Mm -hmm. And um, when usually there are some 12 people participating. And uh, there are some, some uh, local people who are interested in paper making some of my colleagues from art school uh -huh. uh, and uh, yeah and then some colleagues uh, who work with handmade paper uh, 
from other places, uh, from other art schools, and it's, uh, yeah, we are not so many, so <laughs> if somebody is interested in paper making, then we kind of find out about each other. Right, and what? why is it in Rita? Uh, there, is there any equipment there, or do you have to bring uh, everything? No, that's uh, basically I prepare our all pub in uh -huh. a school, and I bring it uh, uh, okay. there, and I bring all the equipment that I have a small press that I can move, mm -hmm. like take with me, and um, but we we have done last year COSO uh, prepare. Pre Preparation there because there is a good space. Mm -hmm. There are several workshops, like spaces where we can work outside, inside, in in several class classrooms. That, that is like a, a Danish again some <laughs> Danish couple who uh, run a like um, how to say in English in Latin it's Tout uh, School. It's like a school, like, no, uh, yeah, like education for adults, basically. Oh, right, people, like a they, con continuing education. Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's basically the example how how they do it in Denmark. But here it's a little bit different. It's like a class is some during the summer only for adults, but. Uh, and and they do some camps for children as well. So there are many rooms where you can sleep. And ah, uh, I see. Well, yeah, yeah all, all in the same place, so we can stay there and work there. And, uh -huh. and right. we have somebody who is making food for us. And uh, oh, okay, so, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, tell me about. So you went back to school <laughs> to learn about ceramics and paper ceramics yes well, actually yeah when i was in san antonio then even in 2010 or so i i, uh, I was looking in in the program and there was something about paper clay and i thought that's something funny oh. <laughs> how, how can be paper right. clay but then then i didn't do anything with it and only then later I heard again and then um, I found out that uh, um, here in in Latvia in a master program they, they do this paper clay and uh, I found a book and read about it so I became very interested and, and I wanted to do this master program and um, somehow before the COVID I started and and uh, during the COVID time I could uh, do it uh, very well like in distance and uh, through Zoom lectures and and we had the possibility to go to art academy and work in a studio like we had a list and uh, we could just work uh -huh. independently uh, independently and with we could meet teacher as well uh -huh. just make, so that was that was possible so this was so, like a master's um was this an independent that you were doing paper clay or were there other people 
No, there was a, it was exact. Uh, we started with paper clay, and that was the first year, and uh, before COVID, so we we did it in person in a studio, and basically okay. it is really that you you mix uh, clay with a uh, paper pulp, and mm -hmm. um, and that gives some good possibilities to work with it, especially with porcelain, that makes porcelain more workable and uh, stronger when it's dry to move it from one place to another you can make it very thin or you can make it even thick uh -huh. and and I did some research about other artists uh, some mix it with uh, stoneware for big sculptures for uh, anagama kilns and uh -huh. Some use it for very small and uh, fragile artworks, uh, and uh, yeah, so That's there are many possibilities. Right, right. And so, what are the main advantages of paper? It makes it lightweight, I would think. Yes, because when it burns out in a kiln, mm -hmm. then 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 you get a lighter object. It's not so heavy, but during the process, it helps you. It, it is something that's not really possible with any other clay normally. Uh, with paper clay, it's possible to connect dry details. You can make some very small details, uh -huh. let them dry, and then you can glue it with um, wet paper clay together and, and it will stick. Uh -huh. Even like dry, usually you cannot uh, connect dry pieces of clay. It's then uh, they fall apart. Uh -huh. Yeah, fall uh -huh. apart. But with paper clay, it it, it uh, sticks together, and and uh, you can build interesting uh, structures actually. Ah, okay. And I'd love to put some pictures in the show notes. So I hope you have some images of things. No, I, yes. Uh huh. And then, what percentage of paper to clay? It can be different, basically uh -huh. from ten to fifty percent, something okay. like that. And, uh -huh. um, but it's it's always it's like in paper making. You you can you need to find out your own um, right recipe. Yeah. Recipe. What you need to do and uh, yeah. How thick okay. it should be. Uh -huh. And you, um, so what kind of paper pulp were you, or do you use? Were you just, because there's not equipment at this academy, or did you make your own pulp and try that, or did you? Yes, yes. I, I usually had my own pulp and then okay. I brought it there and, and mixed. Uh -huh. uh, but, but in a program, they usually use toilet paper. Okay. Yes, but I I always brought some of my pulp, like jeans or even abaca and uh, yeah, any kind, whatever I had, uh, I I used. And... Right. Did you find any difference between the paper pulps that you're using, like blue jean versus abaca, or? Yes, it, uh, a little bit, but uh, not. Uh, kind of needed more experimentations uh -huh, and, uh -huh. uh, and basically my research was more about uh, I made small tiles and I added 
uh, not only pulp but uh, some seeds and different uh, even uh, textures which made really interesting textures in uh, in a clay later when it's burnt out and mm -hmm. uh, things like that right yeah okay okay and then how did this, I think these studies related to you going to the studio in Estonia? Yes. After I, I finished uh, my studies, then I had the opportunity to do Erasmus. And um, I went for um, two months in Italy, then three months in Finland and, and five months in Estonia. And uh, in Estonia, they I, I stayed because I already in 2015 I found out that there is a paper studio, so I had friends already there mm -hmm. and some connections, and uh, I stayed there and I a little bit worked in a paper studio, and I worked and my internship was in a art academy ceramic department there. And uh, there, there actually I found out uh, about paper clay that they use it. Um, this ceramic studio is uh, is well known about 3D, 3D printing. And uh, they use uh, paper pulp from egg, egg boxes. Uh, uh -huh. um, and they add it to, to clay for 3D printing and that helps that clay to move better through the tubes so it uh, can okay so this is actually through with a machine 3d yes. 3d printing with paper yes. pulp. ah okay yeah. and this is is this labora the company What's no that was in a ceramic department but, oh, but okay. in, in, in the labora that was the paper studio where i stayed that uh I, I had a room there, but and I, I worked a little bit in the paper studio. I made some paper for them during okay. the so. Okay, but in at the ceramics department at the school, they were doing this 3D painting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to put a link to Labora because that that's a company that I've featured on my blog before. Yes. And uh, they're doing beautiful work with handmade paper. Yes, and printmaking and yeah, right, printmaking, right. Okay, and um, just uh, related. Do you know the company Relief? It's uh, uh it's in the Ukraine. I, I paper talked about uh, that with uh, with uh, Nestor, who is uh, from Labora, and he knew about them, but but I I actually don't know. I just did some research. On the internet, I saw some images, but uh, yeah, okay. it's difficult to say what's happening now. But uh, right, they started right. pretty good uh, in 2017, 2020. No, yeah, That's yeah, interesting. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're doing uh, uh, large scale paper, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't have an real production, not just mm -hmm. uh, right. handmade paper. Right, <laughs> right, commercial, yeah. Um, okay, and so you mentioned you're giving a talk about your 
paper clay work at the upcoming Yatma International Association of Papermakers Conference it's in a yes. couple of weeks, right? That's yes. exciting. And uh, what what else are you working on right now? Well, what's coming up? I'm preparing this um, presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, this is like uh, combining uh, paper clay and uh, with paper and and book as an uh, uh, exhibition space. It's like um, that was my research. And basically, I, I um, did some. Uh, I could say maybe innovation because I cannot really find anything. Uh, maybe there is something, but uh, basically, I, I I I figured out how to include uh, this paper clay tiles into the paper, uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, and and I made book out of this these sheets of paper. Uh, one book was like separate sheets, and then the one uh, was like sample sample book with uh, samples uh, sewn together in a large book. Uh, so. Okay, and do you have pictures that we could yes. share? Okay, wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so you innovated. I love that. You developed <laughs> some techniques. We can say you did it. Yay. <laughs> yeah, unless somebody else has done it. Right. Right. But uh, yes, I did some research, but I didn't. I couldn't really find much uh -huh. about like paper combined with uh, clay or paper clay. So, like two materials, not only pulp into the clay, but uh, even the results, like paper with uh, paper tiles. Mhm. Mm mhm. So. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to mention that in 2018, I, I went the uh, second time to San Antonio, and then I, I met uh, Beck Whitehead there. Um, uh, she was not working there anymore, but uh, still I did some projects, like we made a little bit paper together, and I met all the other um, paper colleagues there. and. Uh, we did some projects together with Joette and Linda Draper. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, wonderful. And um, I have I interviewed Beck on this podcast a few years ago, and unfortunately yes. she yeah. passed away And was it 2020? Yes. Yeah. So. I think so. Um, and the Southwest School of Art uh, had an amazing paper studio, and I think it's kind of in flux right now. I'm not sure what's happening with it. Do you? Do, yes. do you know? Well, I, I heard from Linda uh, that uh, right now it's uh, uh, there's nobody in the studio. So, yeah. Right. There's I nobody running it. So it's yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, nobody boring. running it. So mm -hmm. students use it how they can. And, and sometimes it's not. Uh, very professional, but uh, something like that. I don't know exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that happens when uh, when the person that started it or ran it leaves. It's sometimes hard to keep it going. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, and let's get to your recommendations. You had a couple of things. Um, one was to check out the IATMA member gallery or become a member of IATMA. So this is a wonderful international organization of artists who work with paper. Yeah, can you just speak a little bit more to the community? Yes. Mm, basically, I was talking about this member gallery because I used it for my student students like during uh, pandemia. Mm -hmm. uh, there is there really there are so many artworks there and uh, like handmade paper and uh, not only handmade paper, different projects, artworks from paper. So that's really a good resource to to find out about possibilities. What can you do with paper? Right. So this is a member gallery that's online. So yes. me members upload images of their work. And uh, yes. it's very diverse in terms of how people are working with paper. I think, do you have to be a member to look at that? Do you know? No, you, you don't. That's for okay, okay that's so for I, will, I will put a link to that gallery. That's a wonderful resource. And then you're inviting people to visit Latvia for the internet, the Ayatma International Papermaking Symposium, Symposium in Rita, which we yes. talked about. Is there a website for that? Uh, not exactly website, but when it's uh, possible, I usually publish this uh, information uh, at Ayatma website. Okay. Like, um, right. And is there one planned for next year? Uh, right yeah. now, I'm, I'm planning, yes, but it's not yet. Uh, you don't have the dates yet. Yeah, I don't have dates yet. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, maybe there's something we can post to the past, the past one, and uh, just mention to check the uh, Yatma website. Yeah. Okay, and um, mm -hmm. do you you make artwork, Ilza, and exhibit? Some? Yes, I, I, I do, but in the last years, I usually uh, do like group exhibitions with with uh, people that we work together in in this symposium that we have almost every every year in in a fall we have exhibition in botanical gardens. So ah. uh, that's close where I live and and. Uh, and it's yeah very nice and connected with plants because we do a lot of plant uh, paper mm -hmm. so and uh, yes we do this uh, papyrus type uh, paper as well and uh, yeah experimented with kozo last summer and in uh, this summer we made some lamps again so yeah Ah, great. And things. Okay, and where can we find you online? Um, online, it's uh, there is my blog, and then I have Instagram account. So okay. there I post what I do and uh, some images and. Right, and your blog is um, Ilze I L Z E Dilana D I L A N E. 
with an S art, Ilza Delana's yes. art dot blogspot dot com. Does that translate to English? When I looked at it, I couldn't figure out. It seems sometimes in English, sometimes in Latvian. Um, Do you know? Yeah, I think it, it translates. Okay. I just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm not the most tech savvy listeners. Um, <laughs> and then your Instagram is, uh, your handle is paper ceramic studio. Yeah. And I'll put those links in the show notes, but listeners go check out Ilza's amazing work. And um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ilza. And thank you so much for inviting me. It was yeah. great pleasure. Hey, paper friends. Did you know that I write a weekly blog called The Sunday Paper featuring stories of people doing exciting, innovative, and beautiful things with paper? Sign up at HelenHebertStudio.com slash blog. I'm also creating a lot of content over here, and the best way to stay up to date is to join my newsletter list to learn about free tutorials, online classes, workshops, and the annual Redcliffe Paper Retreat, which takes place right here at Helen Hebert Studio. You can find out more at HelenHebertStudio.com. This wraps up our episode, and if you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate it if you could leave a review over on iTunes. This helps others find out about the podcast. Special thanks to Gary A. Hansen for the sound editing and Peter Thomas for the music. Visit HelenHebertStudio.com and click on Podcast, where you can find out more about these guys, subscribe to this series via iTunes, and listen to other episodes and access all of the archived shows. Talk to you soon. Besides the season, the main contain